Hello and welcome to Pro Construction Guide's weekly series of ProCasts. This is episode 24, Best Practices for Eliminating Mold. I'm David Dovel. John's off this week, uh, a little vacation in Italy for he and his bride to uh, celebrate, and I think 35, 36 years, so he'll be back next week. Uh, but thanks for joining us. Each week, Pro Construction Guide magazine brings you a new ProCast built exclusively for you, the professional contractor. You can listen to any ProCast at ProConstructionGuide.com or iTunes. Make sure you uh, follow the prompts because you can have these automatically downloaded uh, to you so it's it's effortless and you may not want to listen to it right then but if you're uh, sitting in the truck somewhere you can always pop these things up and, and listen to them there's great information we got some good information coming for you today um, before we uh, begin the conversation about getting rid of mold we want to thank GE appliances and tracks for sponsoring this podcast uh, they make this possible so make sure you take care of them as well um, I'm not going to really talk about myself a whole lot. Uh, I'm a general contractor, uh, been in the radio host business for uh, home improvement for uh, 19 years. I've uh, been in business for 30 years, and uh, it's all good. Check us out at AskJohnAndDave.com. You can see our profiles there and learn a little bit about John and myself. Um, before we get to the interview, we wanted to let you know that the summer issue of Pro Construction Guide is out. If you have, have you seen it? It's at it's at all the Home Depot stores nationwide, and it has a yellow paintbrush on the cover. It's got a bunch of great articles in it, like a deep dive on the how to do, how on all the new paints in the market, a review of the best new work trucks. That's that's always good. I love that. An article on how to repair hardwood floors, tips from pros, and much more. You can pick up a copy at the contractor desk at your local Home Depot. Don't be caught without it, man. It's uh, it's a good thing to have in your toolbox. All right, here we go with the show. This week we're talking about how to get rid of mold. We're fortunate to have a guest with decades of experience in the construction industry. He's a leading building scientist who devotes his time educating the building industry on the benefits of constructing durable, energy-efficient, healthier homes through lectures, videos, and publications. He'll share with you expert advice and best practices so you and you have happy customers. Our guest today is Gord Cook of Construction Instruction, Welcome to the Pro Construction Guide's weekly ProCast. Give us a 30-second bio on Gord Cook. Well, thanks very much, uh, David, for having me on. Uh, as you mentioned, the company name is Construction Instruction. You can reach us at constructioninstruction.com. But better yet, your contractors and listeners are really going to love our, our uh, free app. Uh, you can get it uh, both on the iTunes uh, store or on uh, uh, Google Apps. And it's an animated series of uh, construction guides, uh, good building science information. So I'd really appreciate it if, uh, if folks signed up for, for the app, sponsored by a bunch of great uh, manufacturers. So my particular background, I'm actually a professional engineer. I, I live and work out of Toronto, Canada, as odd as that may seem. Uh, most of my career has been indoor air quality, ventilation, uh, moisture control. And I did a lot of work for a group called Canamorgs and Housing, where we trained literally hundreds of contractors on how to do mold investigations and that mold remediation in houses across Canada. So that's appropriate, I guess, to today's conversation is, is the work that came out of that and some of the lessons learned from that. I like what you're saying, and I love the, uh, the, the app. I have the Construction Instruction app. I downloaded it the first time uh, we had one of you guys on. It's uh, good stuff. I can refer back to it. So I do encourage people to uh, get that app. You'll really like it. Um, so, Gord, why should remodelers and builders be concerned about moisture problems in the homes they renovate and build? 
I think we all know. I mean, it's really the reason uh, builders are in business in the first place. You know, that, that primary function of shelter, keeping the rain off people's heads. But we've also learned, of course, over the years that moisture is the number one thing that destroys our work. It destroys building materials. It creates rot. The real issue, though, is that the risks have gone up. We really need to understand that as houses get more energy efficient, the more insulation we add to a building, the less drying potential. Let me just cover that quickly. It used to have heat flow through the building, either from in to out um, in the summertime or from, uh, sorry, from out to in in the summertime or from in to out in the wintertime. And and that heat flow used to create really nice drying potential. But mm-hmm. the more you add insulation, and I'm not saying insulation is a bad thing, but the more you add insulation, the less chance we have for buildings to dry. And therefore, moisture problems are a bigger issue than ever before. Second thing we need to remind ourselves is that homeowners have changed, and we've changed the building materials we use. They're more susceptible to moisture damage. You know, solid wood was was uh, took, frankly, weeks, if not uh, months, to rot. And now we're using uh, building materials that are far more susceptible to moisture damage. They're great building materials, but we have to be very careful about keeping them dry. And and then we have to think about this new risk of mold. That is, rot might take weeks or months to get a hold, but mold can happen in the matter of uh, 24, sorry, 48 to 72 hours. So it's always been with us, but we just don't want it actively growing in, in houses because it does have health effects, and people are spending more time indoors. So really the point here is the risks are going up. And as you renovate, as you remodel, as you add new building products, and as the expectations of consumers go up, we have to understand that this is a new risk, uh, a new potential problem for us that, that we have to uh, manage carefully. Absolutely. And, you know, we know there's there's three things that you need to have mold and, of course, moisture being one of them. So how do contractors diagnose moisture problems? And again, it's it's really good news. Everybody on this call is already a moisture expert. We can all detect moisture in the same ways we always did. That is physical signs, peeling, swelling, cracking, discoloration. Just having a really good eye for that and not dismissing those. Reminding ourselves that that little bit of peeling and so on might have been fine 10, 15 years ago in a house and it was just a maintenance issue. Now we have to really dig a little deeper and really ask a lot of questions. So use your eyes and, and then your experience to ask customers questions. I just at a house not long ago and there was some peeling paint on the outside of the foundation wall and I said to the homeowner that uh, I was a little concerned about it. I said, tell me about that peeling. He said, oh, you know, we just haven't gotten to that. The house has really been uh, uh, not really uh, under-maintained, if you will, for the last 25, 30 years. So, so that peeling's happened over the last 20, 25 years. Okay, we don't have a moisture problem. But if in that same house somebody said, yeah, it's funny, we have to paint that every spring. I don't know what's going on. Now we could say that's a moisture problem. So diagnosing is really about using your experience and the physical clues and then the questioning of your homeowner to say exactly how long has this been happening. Now the good news is we do have some new tools. Think moisture meters. Every contractor should go to Home Depot, frankly, and buy a moisture meter, a good moisture meter, so they can check out moisture content. If I said to you, for example, that mold and rot can happen on wood that's sort of over 20% moisture content, that's a pretty good indication. You know, a normal dry-down house and an older house, the wood con- moisture wood content of the wood should be, let's say, 8 to 12%. And 
And if you're finding wood that's 18, 20, 25%, you know you've got a moisture problem. And then using relative humidity meters, that is going and buying a good what's called a hygrometer that'll measure temperature and humidity. A good one's going to be, you know, 100, 150 bucks. Take it into a house, maybe even monitor the relative humidity in the house and maintain that rel- and understand where that relative humidity should be. So a good summertime humidity, for example, should be under 55%, 50 to 55. In the wintertime, it should be significantly lower, 35, 40%. So using that. And now we have this great new tool called infrared. Now, people often think of infrared as x-ray vision. Well, it's not x-ray vision, but it does tell you surface temperatures. And moist surfaces happen to transfer energy much quicker, and therefore they show up as being cold surfaces or cool surfaces uh, when you take an infrared scan. So infrared cameras can be a useful tool at helping diagnose moisture problems. But I'll come right back to use the tools, but then use the vigilance of asking more questions and recognizing um, the signs of moisture before you do any work in a house. That's that's great stuff. A lot of information right there. And uh, I do really like the infrared tools. It tells you a lot. Um, you really can find moisture with them quicker than people think. I mean, you can always find insulation that's missing in hot spots. But, boy, when you see those cold spots, you know something's happening. Um, good, good stuff. Uh, so, Gord, what strategies should contractors use to resolve moisture problems? Is it important to dry things out before you get started? Yeah, absolutely. You you really can't dismiss moisture issues. You can't. Often we find contractors looking for the perfect material. They'll say, well, it's wet, but if I use a, a mold-resistant uh, drywall, for example, or if I use a material that's marine grade or something like that, and, and try to use materials to overcome the issues, that's really not the, the right strategy. The right strategy is to get it dry and then find out why it was getting wet in the first place and resolve that issue. And so always, always thinking about that, keeping it dry, getting a dry story, and then keeping it dry in the end. And in order to do that, we just really need to remember two things, drainage and drying. Good news is water runs downhill. Start with a set of binoculars and watch the water, watch the pattern off the roof. Of where's the water traveling as it hits the roof? What Follow it down, cascading down the building. Is it deflecting away? Do we have proper window flashings and drip cabs? Um, do we have proper flashings at foundations? Do we have good uh, uh, gutters and downspouts, getting that water away from the building? Every... every uh, contractor, frankly, should carry a string level, something that's able to assess the drainage away from the building, that all-important 5% slope away from the building, a good 4, 6, 10 feet away. So really, really simple, just draining water away from the building. A little more difficult, perhaps, to assess or to think about is cladding systems. Do we have good drainage in behind? If it's brick, are the weep holes open? Um, If it's siding, is there ways for water to get out of the building? Telltale signs and and understanding of is water able to drain out of the building? And then, as I mentioned, drying potential. So looking at uh, buildings that are, say, in the middle of a forest, um, do they have good drying potential? Do we think about some landscaping elements to think about uh, good airflow around the building, cutting, cutting shrubberies and bushes away from the building so it gets good drying? Always, always trying to think about drying potential. And in many cases, that means 
dehumidification and ventilation inside the house. So assessing the uh, homeowner's ability and the tools they have to maintain moisture levels inside their house. And that means giving homeowners the tools they need. Dehumidification and ventilation, frankly, should be a part of every remodel project. Doing a bathroom, make sure there's good bathroom fit. Yeah, a good quiet bathroom fit that can run for literally hours a day. Uh, doing a kitchen remodel, good quiet range hood. Uh, working on the HVAC system, making sure that you've got a good dehumidification system as part of that building. So the big thing is don't dismiss. Don't dismiss moisture issues and think you can get around them. Do not renovate or remodel wet buildings. Making sure that you have the ability to get them dry keep them dry before you add any new materials to that uh, to that assembly. I couldn't agree with you more and you know the other side to that is as a as a general contractor when when I find things like this or I bring it to the attention of the homeowner you're always worried because you're selling a kitchen or you're selling a bathroom or some remodeling project and you uncover a moisture problem and you think oh no what's going to happen now uh, you know, really, you become a hero to these people because if you explain it as a contractor, what's going on and the potential of what will happen if it persists, um, you know, they love you for it, believe it or not. So bone up on this stuff, guys, I think. And and, and, and really, this the app that you guys have is good because you talked about uh, you guys talk about rain screens in there, uh, the, the airspace between the siding and the sheathing or the brick and the sheathing of the house. It's great stuff. Uh, learn about it. Know about it. It makes you. I just think it makes you better at what you do. You become more of an authority, and I. Th- I think the customer they want to use you at that point. So, uh, it's good. Just good stuff. And I have to. And I have to agree with that, David. That don't be afraid of pointing out those issues. I really appreciate what you said there. Don't be afraid of pointing out moisture issues without being reactionary or, or alarmist, but just helping people understand. Show them the tools. They like to see the numbers. Take that moisture reading. Use that that uh, infrared camera to, to, to verify to them what you're seeing and what your experience is showing. And, and you're right. It actually builds trust with the with the customer and really give them a sense of that they have indeed hired a pro uh, a pro contract. Mm-hmm. That's what we need. Somebody that's looking out for them. That's what they want because they do something else for a living. They don't do what we do. They need they need to know these things. So great points there. Uh, so so what else should our pro listeners know about cleaning up the mold? Well, that's an interesting one as well. And there's so much angst about mold these days. We just need to remind ourselves that mold is a symptom of moisture. The, the real issue is the moisture itself and, and, and resolving that. The, the mold itself, we absolutely need to clean it up and we need to be careful with it because we don't want to, we don't want to put our clients at risk. And more importantly, we don't want to put ourselves at risk that we're doing this every day. You need to be protecting yourself. So, personal protection for, for you and your uh, trade contractors, making sure that you're looking after it. Don't poo-poo mold. It's, it's, it's important. Um, that said, we don't have to be uh, alarmist about it. People often ask me, should I test for mold? And I go, well, in most cases, we don't need to know what kind of mold it is. We don't even really need to know for sure that it's mold. All we need to know is it's a symptom of a moisture problem. If we can identify a black or dark stain on a wall that's associated with moisture, we can pretty much say it's 
It either is mold now or it's going to be mold at some point. So fix the underlying moisture issue and then go about cleaning up the mold. There's some really nice guidelines out there. EPA on their website has some great tools. That's the environmentalprotectionagency.org. Great tools on characterizing the size of mold. For example, um, under 10 square feet, a, a patch of mold or an area affected that's under 10 square feet, think about that, three by three, that's kind of the size of a standard trash bag, right? So if you put a standard trash bag, on, a trash bag covering the mold and, and it didn't go beyond that, you would go, okay, that's considered a small amount of mold. A small amount of mold can be cleaned up with with pretty simple procedures, and I'll come back to that in a second. It escalates from there. Anything over 30 square feet, 30 square feet, so 3 by 10, that's considered a large or extensive amount of mold, which needs typically specialized contractors to address, or at least somebody who's understanding of the issues of mold cleanup and the risks. But it all starts with this. One, personal protection personal protection, and workspace protection. We don't want to be dragging moldy materials through the entire house. So let's do the bathroom. That's a pretty common one, right? So if we have a bathroom and it's got a window in it, if we're cutting out moldy materials, guess what? Uh, We should throw it out the window. Don't drag it through the house. Put it in a bag. Toss it out the window. Take it to the truck from there. Just uh, being able to uh, isolate that workspace is a really nice one. Seal off the door from the bathroom while you're doing the work to the house. Seal off the mechanical vents, the heating, the air conditioning vents while you're doing that work. Put the space under a negative pressure. That is, turn on an exhaust fan. Run a central vac to the outside, for example, the hose, so that you're keeping that space under negative pressure. That That's a really good start. So isolation and personal protection, number one. In general, the strategy is this. You vacuum, then you wash, then you vacuum again. Pretty interesting, right? It, it's easy to cut out moldy materials. By all means, let's do that. No sense trying to repair moldy drywall. Just cut it out and throw it out. Drywall is so simple and easy for any contractor on this call, on this uh, podcast to understand. Cut out moldy materials. But after that, you vacuum every surface with either a heparated vacuum or a central vac vented to the outside. Uh, Sorry, a, a vacuum system, even a shop vac vented to the outside. You vacuum every surface in the immediate area, that the isolation area. Second, you wash every surface. Interesting enough, we don't need a lot of chemicals here. Most of the chemicals people want to use, bleach and so on, are more dangerous than the mold themselves. All we're trying to do is clean surfaces. So you wash with soap and water. You know, simple um, detergents, grease, uh, grease-cutting detergents, mild detergents, don't need a lot of chemicals. And um, wash it, dry it. So that means air movement, that means dehumidification in that area, and then vacuum every surface again. Vacuum, wash, vacuum, avoiding harsh chemicals because you're really trying to protect yourself and the workers. Those are the procedures for mold. Throw out all the moldy bits, isolate the, sorry, isolate the area, throw out the moldy bits, vacuum, wash, vacuum. David, I don't know if that's clear enough or if you have a follow-up question to that one, but does that sound like what you're familiar with? It, it is, exactly, because we, we had that discussion earlier on the radio program about uh, cleaning up mold, and you know people automatically want to run to the bleach products, and it's just not really the answer. Uh, first of all, if there's roots, it, you, you can't get to the roots with that product. Is that correct? That's right, and and mold for the most part is growing on surfaces, um, and we don't really 
you're quite right. We don't need to kill it. And even if we did try to kill it, you're not getting at the, the, the root cause of it. Mm-hmm. So, And if you didn't solve the moisture problem, it's going to come right back. And it's not that mold that's going to come back. It's new mold spores that are going to come back. Um, and if I could, David, just a, a couple words on testing. People say, well, should I test for mold? I said earlier, I don't think it's that important. Here's why. The problem with mold testing is you'll always find it. And so you do testing before four, great, and you identify it as mold. Then somebody's going to say, well, shouldn't we test after? And when you test after, unfortunately, you're going to find mold again. You're going to find mold spores. You're not necessarily going to find the same mold, um, nor are you necessarily going to find growing mold, but you're going to find mold. And immediately, the homeowner's going to say, well, what about those molds? And now you're into a very subjective uh, 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 situation where you have to try to explain befores and afters and mold colonies and col- uh, what's called colony forming units. It's highly, highly subjective. Kind of like to a certain extent, the infrared camera. Uh, we talked about infrared and what a great tool it is. It is, but it's very subjective. We really need to understand the tool and how to use it. The same is true of mold testing. You really need to involve a laboratory or mycologist. Somebody really understands mold. So generally speaking, we'd say don't test for mold. Just understand that moisture causes mold problems. Fix the moisture problem. Clean up the mold. We don't really need to worry about testing. Now, there are some cases, insurance cases and so on, and legal cases where mold testing is required. Consult a professional if you're going to do that. Uh, but otherwise, just good cleanup strategies, remove materials that are visibly moldy, and then this uh, vacuum wash, vacuum strategy uh, tends to be the most successful. Makes sense to me. It's uh, it's the simplest way, and uh, it's just time, a lot of time and a little effort. And I I think you take care of it, and everybody stays safe and uh, keep the place clean. Good information, Gord. Uh, before we continue our conversation about mold, here's a word from one of our sponsors. So you're almost done with your project. Now it's time for the finishing touches. We're talking interior design, landscaping, appliances. The job's never done, is it? Why not let GE Appliances and the Home Depot shoulder some of that burden? Shop GE Appliances at the Home Depot and peace of mind comes with that standard. That's because they'll professionally deliver and install your appliances, big or small, one refrigerator or a truckload. You and your clients are sure to be pleased with the top of the line GE Appliances. From the Home Depot, see the Home Depot Pro Desk for installation details. All right, Gord, we're going to move on now. How do you ensure your clients keep their houses clean and dry so they don't have mold problems again. Well, David, as you can imagine, the key to that uh, that question was the word dry. Mold is always a sign of moisture problems. That's what we always try to help people with. Mold is not your problem. Moisture's problem. So how do we keep things dry? And they need to be taught the basics of drainage, maintaining the outside of the building, for example. We talked about earlier about the good airflow uh, around the building, trimming back uh, uh, hedges and bushes away from the house to provide some drying. Being sure that their landscaping doesn't interfere, interfere with good drainage. Being sure their sprinkler system isn't intentionally wetting parts of the building. Have them understand that building materials need, they will get wet, but they need to have the ability to get dry after a rainstorm. And we can help them understand that gutters and downspouts need to be cleaned on a regular basis. Uh, that that landscaping needs to be adjusted to get, to maintain good drainage. That's from the outside, and then give them a little sense of how to watch for moisture problems, how to identify that cracking, peeling, painting, uh, uh, spalling, um, 
discoloration. Help them with those kinds of things. And then second, I do think every homeowner needs a relative humidity sensor or meter in their house, and they need to be given that education as to what's a reasonable amount of moisture. This has gotten confusing over the last little bit. Um, I come from a very cold climate. In the old days, when I grew up, you always lived at very dry levels. We all remember uh, scratching our feet on the carpet and touching our brother to create that electric shock. We used to keep houses at 15 20% relative humidity. Well, now people are being told for because of hardwood and, so, and um, you know, asthma and so on, they're told to keep the relative humidity higher. We have people adding humidity to houses in the wintertime. They really need to be educated that a responsible amount of relative humidity in the winter is in that 35 to 40 percent range. Colder climates may be a little bit lower, 30 to 35. So give them an RH meter. Again, it's a, a $20 item you could pick up at Home Depot. Leave it with your customer and say, here's where I need you to be. I need you to be at that 30 to 35, maybe 40% in the winter. And in the summer, I need you to be under 55%. So that starts with good education. Then they're going to ask, well, how do I get at that low? What, what do I do? Well, we have two basic strategies. We have dehumidification systems. That's mainly for summer use. These are appliances. Their sole job is to dehumidify, take moisture out of the air of the house. And so that starts with a good air conditioning system, properly sized and operating correctly. So air conditioners do dehumidify. But most houses now, especially in southern climes, even in north, um, need separate dehumidification. And they'll find that uh, dehumidification at, at Home Depot a good standalone dehumidifier, Energy Star rated, frankly, is, is great. Something that I'm going to say a contractor, a pro contractor on this call, would ensure that it was near a floor drain so they didn't have to empty the bucket all the time. But there are some new um, uh, whole house dehumidification systems that are wonderful uh, as well that are available to contractors to install on the HVAC system. So dehumidification in summer months, and I can give you the number, the the, the um, temperature outside. Anytime the temperature outside is reliably above about 55 degrees Fahrenheit, dehumidification is the right strategy. And when the temperature is below 55 degrees Fahrenheit on a regular basis, ventilation is a really good dehumidification strategy. So using the outside air, uh, to dehumidify houses. And this could be as simple as a good, quiet bathroom fan, uh, a Brone, a Newtone, a Panasonic, all available in the Home Depot aisle, quite frankly. Go and find a good bathroom fan that can run at very low uh, sound levels, under one zone, and, and have it on a timer such that homeowners could leave it run for three, four hours a day at least. And in those colder seasons, below 55 degrees, taking that warm, humid air out and replacing it with cool, dry air from outside is a tremendous dehumidifier. That helps you get down to that 30 to 40% that I was speaking of. So dehumidification and ventilation are, frankly, the two best strategies that we have to give homeowners the ability to manage the moisture level in their houses. That's good stuff. That's uh, it's right in line with what we try to do with our customers, uh, Gord, and that is uh, uh, make sure that they're educated. Tell them, tell them what they need to know so that they can prevent those problems. I guarantee when we do that, you will have customers for life because of it. And they'll tell everybody they know, you know, that this guy's a genius. You know, we're not really, but we just understand uh, what's going on. So 
Uh, it's great information, and I, I really, we really appreciate that, Gord. Uh, but before we end our discussion about mold, we'd like to thank Trex for sponsoring this ProCast. Trex is the world's number one decking brand, and it's available at the Home Depot. Trex has new technology that provides a 25-year fade and stain warranty for ultra-low maintenance. Visit the Home Depot Pro Desk for additional details about Trex decking and railing. All right, Gord, uh, with, uh, with all of that, with the, what are the main points you want pros to take away from this ProCast? Well, as we started at the outset, moisture is our business. It's our biggest risk from a contractor's perspective. You don't want things to get wet. And if they, when they do get wet, because they're going to, you need to let them get dry. And what I really want folks to understand on this call is the risks have gone up. Whatever we used to do and buildings lasted for hundreds of years and we thought everything was great, we need to remind ourselves that things have changed. The risks have gone up. Homeowners are inside more often. They're creating more moisture in their houses. They're using products that are far more susceptible to mold growth. The risks have gone up, and you just can't um, dismiss and go, well, I've always done it that way. You need to change your thinking because the risks have gone up. Number two, remind yourself that it's manageable. The same techniques we did use to use, that is drainage and and uh, drying potential still work. We just need to up the ante a little bit and do a little better job of it. Just be taking more responsibility for, as you said, David, being the eyes and ears for your customer, that experience that, that helps them understand and educate them on, on how to manage moisture. And then I said to you, ventilation and dehumidification on every project you're working on. Don't dismiss this. You're doing a, a remodel. Get a, a good exhaust fan or a fresh air intake into the HVAC system. Encourage dehumidification. It really helps with the drying potential of houses. And then specifically, this topic was about mold. Just a reminder, mold is a symptom. I like saying it that way. Mold's not the problem. The problem is moisture. Mold is just a good visual sign of a moisture problem. So you solve the moisture problem, we can relax. The mold problem will go away. Homers get so freaked out about mold, and you can say, look, I'll handle the moisture problem. The mold will go away. You will not have mold issues if you don't have moisture. We don't want mold actively growing in our houses. There's mold spores everywhere. We just don't want them setting up shop and living in our houses. Solve the moisture problem, and you will solve the mold problem. And I just I just said that mold's not that big an issue, but I want you to treat it with respect. Clean it up properly and thoroughly. Protect yourself and your clients. By all means, go and buy the half mask, the gloves, the mask. You don't want to look like Darth Vader in a house, but you should be protecting your workers. Treat it with respect, and for both for yourself and your clients. Isolate the work areas. Do it thoroughly. Um, and wa- a vacuum, wash, vacuum. Have the right equipment. So those would be the three or four main points. And all good points they are, uh, Gord Cook. Thanks so much for your time and insights once again. Uh, you can check out Gord's company, Construction Instruction, and it's all great work at constructioninstruction.com. Also, be sure to download their app on the iTunes store. Uh, good stuff. Thanks so much, Gord. Thank you, David. I really appreciate the opportunity. Okay. Hey, I just want to do this. Uh, we've been doing this uh, uh, for the last several weeks, and it's the spare parts box. we kind of been messing around with the name of it. And um, I, it, it's, it's great. It's just little tidbits of information that John and I can give 
And uh, again, this week, I'm, I'm just going to kind of stay on track with the mold issue and the moisture issue. Uh, Gord had made some great uh, points about uh, uh, hygrometers, and uh, you can get wireless hygrometers. I always tell my customers or recommend that they purchase one. Uh, a lot of times you'll have one that's uh, three, uh, three sensors, and it'll have one readout in the house. What I like for them to do is to be able to put one in the crawl space or the basement, have one in the living space, and maybe one in the attic. Uh, once they get used to reading this thing and seeing what's going on, um, it helps them and it could alert them if there's a moisture problem or if it becomes excessively high. Uh, you could even provide this to your customers. Uh, some folks have their names printed on them and they give them to the customer uh, so it acts as an advertising tool. But they, they're going to look at it regularly if you can train them and teach them that, that it's, it's important to know uh, where the moisture is, if there is moisture, where it's coming from and how to correct it. Um, one more thing that I like to tell people um, is that a lot of times that moisture is coming from the outside. So one thing that you can instruct your customer to do is when it's raining, and it's a fairly decent rain, we don't want it lightning on them, but if it's just a rain, a heavy rainstorm, tell them to put on a pair of boots, take an umbrella, go outside and follow the moisture. Look at their gutters, make sure the water's coming out from the downspouts, make sure it's far enough away from the house. Look at the grade of the property. Where's that water coming from? Where is it going to? Uh, right there, a lot of times can be the cure to the problem. So, hope that helps out. Um, I hope that uh, I hope that uh, you enjoyed listening to this podcast or share this podcast. You can visit us at ProConstructionGuide.com. If you haven't gotten a copy of your Pro Construction Guide, then visit the Home Depot closest to you. They'll have copies at the Pro Desk. If you have any feedback, give us a call 866-647-647. 2346. Leave a message. We really want to hear your thoughts. Any suggestions that you might have or for future episodes, uh, we could work on that and see if we can help out. Um, we'll see you our, and on our next episode of Pro Construction Guides Magazine's ProCast podcast. We hope you'll make us a valuable tool in your toolbox.